The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Hi guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, the baddest bitch in the West, and the Duchess, I got called the Duchess of Hollywood again, I like that, but it's much, much better than the evil bitch from everywhere. Um, I I did actually get called uh, an evil soul-crushing bitch this week for destroying people's dreams. I know, that's fantastic. So I am the evil soul-crushing bitch who turned down a couple of films this week and everybody hates. And we are on with John Kessner, who you all love. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, I want to see that on a business card. (laughs) You want to put that on a business card? Soul-crushing bitch. Yes. Yeah, that that actually sounds like fun. I'm going to do that. Welcome to the show, guys. We have a very, very interesting show for you. We have a guest on this week who's a mate of John, so I'll let John tell you a little bit about him. Um, Yeah, Stephen First. It's... Kent Dorfman, who's a legacy from Harrisburg, he was flounder in Animal House, probably, it's my personal favorite comedy of all time. Uh, John, so. it's everyone's personal favorite comedy of all time, come on. Come What's on. that? It's everybody's? It's everybody's. Name three people it's, that don't like Animal House, and I will th- show you uh, three, rep- uh, three racist Republicans. Well, there, there you go. I, I don't ask, but you know what? If They're not American if they don't like Animal House, exactly. come on. It's a freaking institution in this country. Hollywood is still trying, going broke, trying to, to get that lightning in a bottle again. It, it ain't going to happen. Um, speaking of lightning in a bottle, we have, uh, what's his face? Uh, President Obama actually thanked Miss, Mythbusters for proving that we land on the moon. So I like the integration of Hollywood and politics that's going on lately. We've got, you know, the president thanking Mythbusters and Donald Trump running. Oh. Well, now, there was something that came out that said Donald Trump has AIDS. That was one that was released online by TMZ. I do not think it's true, and I hope it's not, because he might actually win the election because people feel sorry for him. Well, you know, I mean, it might get him an Oscar, but, I, you know. I, I think this entire campaign should get him an Oscar. <laughs> well, uh, AIDS, I mean, come on. It's kind of early in the campaign to be shooting a lot like that. I mean, come on. Seriously. What, 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 what are they going to say later on, you guys? You're leading with your, you know. Well, he's leading gun. with his junk. I mean, did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard he talked to somebody, disparaged him, so he said he, you know, had a, a big Trump. A you big know, I, I got to say one thing about Donald Trump's Trump. He has been very friendly with the women in Hollywood, and I can tell you, we ladies in Hollywood do discuss stuff. And I know who's got a big Trump and who doesn't, and Donald Trump does not have a big Trump. Hmm. That's what from, about from, uh, JFK or Bill JFK? Clinton? 
I, I've, I've, I didn't hear about either of those. Nothing got passed on? Nothing got passed on. Uh, but, you know, mm. I can tell you about Josh Hartnett, Harrison Ford, The Rock. Uh, well, Harrison Ford Bill has Cosby. played a president. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Cosby. Um, well, yeah, everybody I, knows about everybody Bill Cosby. Everybody knows about Bill Cosby. Yeah, that's, that's kind of sad. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on. We have, there was a release on The Rock's uh, feed on Instagram saying that there's going to be a new Baywatch movie. So I'm going to have to drag Pam on the show, Pamela Anderson, and talk to her about that. I might also have to bring another Pam on and talk about Hasselhoff, uh, Pam, Pamela Hasselhoff, who is uh, Hassel, the Hoff's ex-wife. Uh-huh. Um, really talks about what an abusive ass he is. And after seeing that drunken video and everything else, I mean, what do you think about giving this guy a movie? I know he's fabulous in Germany, but this is a guy we're watching go down the tubes, really. I, is he still? I, I was at his, at his roast, his Comedy Central roast, and I mean, he was very genial and healthy and sober. I mean, I know that was just one night, and he that, was very that friendly. That was definitely but, one night. Uh, yeah, just the one night maybe he got it together, but I, you know... Is, is he really that bad off? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I can't tell you, I wasn't married to him, but Pamela Hasselhoff, who was, um, not to be confused with Pam Anderson, who's a wonderful friend, and we'll talk to her about Baywatch, but Pamela Hasselhoff, who we'll talk to about uh, the half, um, didn't have very good experiences, and I know it's an ex-wife, and you, you always have to have some things taken with a grain of salt, but I mean, she's got some real horror stories. From well, the half is no half. I mean, come on. Yeah, so. that's it. The Hoff is no Hef. But then from what we're finding out, the Hef is no Hef. Well, you know, he's 90 now, so I don't know that's what to true. think. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I, all I know is that I, I read in a book about uh, the party girls of L.A. They wrote two books together, and they, one of them went out with Hasselhoff, and they spent the night with him. And the next morning, he handed them a photo of himself signed, signed before he shipped yeah. them off which I thought was hilarious. See, I find those stories funny until I remember he was married to Pamela at the time. <laughs> it's, it's great stories until you realize this dude was married. And the, the, and the funny thing is the girl's riding away in the cab and she, she's realizing he never once even asked her name. <laughs> but you hear a lot about that. I mean, you have stories like um, a girl I know slept with Orlando Bloom, who is now dating Katy Perry, who used to date Miranda Kerr. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's Hollywood. It's the six degrees of everybody. And I can say myself that I've been, I've been in the dating circle <laughs> of Hollywood and I now okay. desperately avoid it um, because somehow, someway, it's, you know, six degrees of who's been to bed with who, which is why I've never had sex in Hollywood. But I did date there a lot and it, it's very bizarre going to these events and seeing somebody that you used to date or you were involved with off with somebody else who's off with somebody else who's not talking to this person because they're ex. You know, and, and Orlando Bloom's been popping up a lot lately over women. I mean, didn't he beat up Justin Bieber over Miranda Kerr? Like, he legitimately, like, I, my thing is, I, Orlando Bloom beat up Justin Bieber over Miranda Kerr. Isn't that equivalent to beating up a girl? Uh, it's, it's a slap fight any way you look at it, I think. It's Orlando Bloom and <laughs> Justin Bieber. They probably had their stand-ins do it. I, oh I'd rather see their bodyguards fight. That would be a that would be a fight. Well, Watching Rita, these guys go at it would be you know like a slap fight between nerds or something. It was terrible. Well, I, three, on on Monday, Justin Bieber was up at Big Bear, and uh, a friend of mine was up there, and he told me he's like his whole entourage is black because he's now getting into rap, 
which means you change the race of your entire entourage, except oh. for some girl named Joy, who was, um, you know, a, who was an Asian girl with very, very large uh, breast implants. Okay. Following him, following him around, and we he have said, to have that. "Well, of course." And you just look at this entire situation, and you're looking at this guy going. You have bodyguards, and you got beat up by Orlando Bloom. How much do these bodyguards like you that they stood there and let you get beat up by Orlando Bloom? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know any kind of fight I've been around. There's no, you know, that Thunderdome closing in bodyguard thing. There's never that. There's just some big bouncers that come in and start wailing on everybody. Um, so I don't know. That's a, it's a whole other world. My question is, this, the whole six-degree thing, is that the width of a Petri dish? That's what it sounds like. That's what well, Hollywood sounds have, like. Have you seen, it kind of is. Have you seen the G- Derek Jeter herpes tree? Oh, yes, I have. The Derek Jeter herpes tree, for those of you that don't know, is who has gotten herpes in Hollywood from Derek Jeter and passed it on to who? Yeah. I'd say after the second or third branch, that's on them. That, well, that's, that's my thing. It's, you know, I've dated some football players. I've updated some people. <laughs> I've dated some famous people. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you do the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. And, you know, I'm, I'm one degree from Kevin Bacon. And it goes on from there. And then I realized, I'm like, this isn't just six degrees of Kevin Bacon. This is seriously, who have you screwed the herpy, in, in the herpes tree? <laughs> this, yeah. These are six symptoms from your, you know, your doctor. So, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I, I mean, there are people that I know. I have friends of mine that have been with famous people, and they tell me like, there's just something that happens. You just don't care. They want if they want you, you you just do whatever. Okay, hold up. I have turned <laughs> down some very famous people, and I mean, and and you bought, and you know exactly who I'm talking to. Most recent chap. <laughs> that was, mm-hmm. You know, uh uh-huh, Engli- Eng- very very famous English rocker fellow. Um, I've, I've turned down some really, really famous, famous people. Because I I haven't turned down anybody yet. (laughs) John's (laughs) waiting to turn down for the first time. No, really famous people because the idea of dating somebody in the media for me is difficult because I work in that industry. Um, you know, I, uh, I was working for California pictures over at Paramount before that I was working for Paramount. Um, I actually just stopped working with California pictures because, Oh, the company itself sucks and nobody will listen to anything to fix the damn company, which my assistant's doing the shut-up voice. I mean, I'm very excited about my transfer and I did not bail on a sinking company. But, <laughs> wicked, bitch of the, wicked, wicked bitch of the West Coast, right? But okay. um, I, I would get on lot and I would, I would get next to people I know and I would get with, you know, different people. And dating is, is really bizarre when you date someone famous. It's either very public because you're doing it to be seen or in my case where I've gone out with a couple of famous people that I genuinely liked. There's a lot of hiding. Um, There's a lot of Netflix and chill without the sex because you're just, you're trying to be somewhere that you're not going to be seen and get to know this person and a lot of people are wrapped up in their own egos and I don't mind that doing my job. I will sell somebody their own bullshit. If it sells a movie, but when it comes well, it's, to it's dating, a business consideration for anybody else trying to get in too. They, you know, yeah, and you need to be aware of that. If if you start dating somebody famous or you get involved with somebody famous, it can seriously affect your career. I've worked with people I've dated. Um, 
I've dated guys from, you know, uh, guys as young as 20, as old as 60. And some of them have been really, really famous. I've never been to bed with anyone famous because I have this crippling fear associated with it. (laughs) Because I've seen it destroy so many people. And I'm very, very well known, especially in Los Angeles, for what I do. And I don't want anyone to ever question that. And especially for, I'm getting on my feminist pedestal again, especially for a woman, if I'm hanging out with a very well-known guy, I do have moments where people are like, oh, did he help you get here? No, bitch, I'm doing his movie. <laughs> like, I'm helping him. Which I'm sure they love to hear that. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't say it like that. Okay. <laughs> much, much That's only on the air. Yeah, that's only on it. That's, that's being I, honest with you. <laughs> I draw the line at the Golden Girls. That's as far as I think anybody else, anybody else is I'm pretty open to. But um, are there some of them still alive? I guess it would mean more. Probably. It so, probably mean more if they were all still alive. But uh, I draw the line there. I will not, uh, I will not sleep the through the Golden Girls cast to get ahead. That's where John draws. John draws the line with the Stel Getty. Guys, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Remember, Donald Trump contracted AIDS in Sasha Baron Cohen's new movie. Let's hope he does it in real life and loses the campaign. All joking aside, when we come back, that was really mean, wasn't it? Stephen First is going to be on the show. We will be right back after the break. I'm your host, Summer Helene, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast. We are on with John Kessner, who you'll like better than you like me. This is Behind the Scenes. We will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations, live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. Hi guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, the baddest bitch in Hollywood. Some people call me the Duchess of Hollywood. I like that better than the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, I suppose. We are on with John Kessner, who you all like better than you like me. We have an amazing guest today. His name is Stephen First. He is in Animal House. And the, the reason I'm so excited by this is, if you guys don't know, John Kessner is a huge, huge, huge Animal House fan. A little bit, a little so, bit. Yeah, a little bit. So we're going to have some really, really awesome trivia and some questions and all sorts of things. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show. Um, oh. So I'm, I'm going to let John start asking some questions about at Animal House in just a few minutes. But I'm going to ask you, how long have you been in entertainment? Uh, entertainment. <laughs> I find that funny. Into like I, a song and dance man. Um, right. I uh, let's see, thirty nine years. Wow, I, I, I've been in since I was seventeen, and you just made me feel like I haven't been in very long at all. <laughs> thirty nine. Well, you're only twenty one, right? Oh God, please, yes, yes. <laughs> no, actually, I'm I'm going to be thirty one this year, and it makes me the youngest executive in Hollywood history. And it makes me feel really old because as far as, what is it, for a model, I started as a Victoria's Secret model. I'm, I'm now like age cheese. And for an executive, I'm a baby. So I'm, I'm somewhere in between that. But for you, I mean, 39 years, that's a long time. How did you get into entertainment? Um, I, uh, let's see. I, I, I came out here to be an actor and uh, it wasn't going very well. And uh, I got a job delivering pizzas in Hollywood, and I noticed that I was delivering to, you know, pretty well-known producers, directors, casting directors, you know, because they eat pizza too. And so I would start putting my picture and resume on the top of each box. And that's I actually, actually got really a call. clever. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. I, I got a call for an audition for a movie called Animal House. And um, I had three, uh, no, I had six auditions over a period of three months. And then I got the job, and I had to quit the pizza place. I, I doubt you were disappointed. No, See, I was disappointed, because yeah, it was all the pizza you can eat, you know. Oh, that, that, that would be disappointing, but I think Animal House is better. See, the best thing that's coming out of pizza delivery at my place is my assistant occasionally screws a pizza guy. Other than that, we, there's, there's nothing that good. But if, you are a, but if you're a pizza delivery guy, put your headshot and resume on, that's... That is the yes. best story and best idea I have ever heard in my life. No joke. The only problem ever- is, you know, there is a problem with it because when I put the picture and resume, I didn't, put, I didn't want to be so obvious that I put it on top of the pizza box, so I would put it on the inside flap of the top of the pizza box. So, you know, when they opened the box, Your there I was staring right at them. But the problem was a lot of times the top of the box would touch the pizza, and so it looked like I had a severe case of acne <laughs> when they look at the picture. So that was a problem. I had to convince them that it was just the pizza. The pizza, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I got to say, of every person we've ever had on the show and asked that question, that is the greatest real-life response that I've ever heard. It really <laughs> is. 
I've I've heard I've I mean what do you think John we've we've, we've I, asked a lot of people that question I've got it in my notes pizza box that's the yeah. top of my list because it's like <laughs> if Stephen doesn't bring up the pizza box story I am I, 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 awesome. I, I, I got a nickname in Hollywood too as pepperoni boy Pepperoni boy? Yeah, that could I, I mean like, other things, but it was the pizza story. It was, it was the pizza See, that's fabulous. Mine, mine yeah, I don't think I'd want that title now, but, uh, yeah. you know. I, I like his better than, uh, they call me the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, or that soulless bitch that shot down my movie. So I like yours better. Yeah. Oh, are you, but, are you a mean person? Is that, oh, is that so much. Oh, yeah, so much. <laughs> oh, I, like yours, though. I, like, I like your reputation better. Yeah, don't tell him that off the bat. He may leave. Um, he may not, he may leave that for the end of the show. <laughs> but I, I, yeah. that's interesting. No, actually, it was Variety called me the Duchess of Hollywood, and I also got called the uh, Wicked Witch of the West Coast on uh, national television. So I, I think I like Pizza Boy better. Okay, from now on, I demand people call me Pizza Boy. Well, it was actually Pepperoni Boy. Pepper- pepperoni Boy, yeah. You already got that. So I want to oh, be Pizza oh, okay. Boy. okay. Because, I mean, we can't both be Pepperoni Boy or they'll confuse us. So you did six auditions for Animal House? Yes, I had six auditions. I, you know, I'd audition, and then three, two or three weeks would go by, and I thought, oh, shoot, you know, I, I thought I had the part. You know, because when I went in, you know, I, I was this overweight guy with curly hair, and, you know, uh, and I'd go in, and there'd be like 50 guys that looked exactly like me. And then I get a call back, and I said, "Oh my God, I beat him." And then there, I'd go in, there'd be 50 new guys that looked exactly like me. So they so went through there's no shortage. If you can get anything you want, like a one-armed midget Asian person, and you'll you'll get fifty people auditioning. You you can, but that is much more difficult than you think it is. To find it to is? find an to find an Asian yeah. amputee is much more difficult than you think it is. If you're Not looking for an amputee, the, the the best demographic to look in is the um, Caucasian demographic. Ironically, no. just no. FYI. Well, anyway. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm just fascinated by everything about Animal House because, to me, it's, it's, I think it's the funniest movie ever made, and I love every aspect of it, the writing, uh, the acting, the directing. I mean, just every, it's, just, it's something that I've watched and studied for ever since it came out. So I think everything works on this film. So I'm always fascinated to hear about how it came about. So, you know, it's fascinating that they spent so much time casting because that's such a strength in the film. It's a very well cast movie. Yeah, they really they, um, they had big auditions in New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles, and I understand about three hundred and fifty people auditioned for my part only. So um, I was very lucky because I had no credits whatsoever. Yeah, but I mean, the, the thing is, Stephen, you nailed that in every possible way. You have, yeah. yeah, you have the physical look, but you have that sort of sweet innocence, too. And, you, you, I, you know, you to see that, that before character. you shoot the film, that's, that's, that's impressive. That's, I mean, you know, you're saying you're lucky, but no, you, you were the best choice of those 350 people, honestly, I believe. Well, that well, and, you know, the bribes that I had to do and sexual favors. I was. Oh, yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit because I love that too. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I just, I just, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's just a, uh, you, you brought something to the role. You really did because I, I had uh, an afternoon that I talked to Chris Miller, who was one of the writers. Yes. And I asked him, you know, how are these guys in the Delta in the movie different from the guys you wrote about? Because they were based on his 
Pratt brothers from uh, Dartmouth. And he said, Correct. they're sweet guys. The guys in the movie, the Deltas, are sweet guys, all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought about and they that. Weren't, I'm like, that a, that's true. And they weren't at Dartmouth? The ones at Dartmouth, he said, were not as Apparently sweet? Apparently not. <laughs> no, not at all. If you read his book, The Real Animal House, he'll talk yeah, about yeah. the And they're... <laughs> They're very cruel, and they're drunk more, and they, <laughs> uh, they they have a lot of cruel jokes they pull on each other. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. was what was the greatest part about shooting this movie for you? Well, I think the greatest part was actually getting the part, and you know, I didn't have the luxury of having enough money to quit the job when I got it. So I got the part, and then there was about a month before I left. So I had to keep delivering pizzas knowing that I was going to be starring in this movie for Universal. And nobody would believe me. You know, I'm just delivering pizzas for these last few weeks because I'm going to go star in a movie for Universal. But, you know, getting there and getting on the plane and, you know, already I was like flounder, you know, because I had never done anything. I was very naive. As a matter of fact, I was at the airport in Los Angeles and I recognized one of the actors was Peter Riegert. He played the part of Boone. Yes. And he gets out of this blue Jaguar, and this woman with bright red hair gives him a hug and a kiss, and, and I say, God, that woman looks familiar. And so we're on the plane, and I turn to Peter. I said, Peter, you know, when I dropped you, when you got dropped off at the airport, I saw you get out of the car, and it was so funny because the woman, you, you know, dropped you off, looked exactly like Bette Midler. And he says, that was Bette Midler. That's my girlfriend. Oh, God! So there I, there I was, you know, being flounder already before I even got on the set. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's why they cast you. You personified the character. Yes. And now, now t- tomorrow is the 31st, 34th anniversary of, you know, when we lost John Belushi. Yes. Do you remember the first time you met him or... Oh, yes. I mean, you know, we had a dinner that night. And when you flew up? When we flew up, we checked into the hotel, and there was a dinner. They brought uh-huh. us up. They, they were, John Landis, the director, was very smart. He brought us up one week before we had to do any kind of shooting just to get us to have a camaraderie with each other and hang out at a roadside motel, the roadway in off the freeway, and just be around each other for a week. And yeah. that night was, there was this dinner, and there was like, you know, 14 chairs around this table and stuff. And I walked in, and there was one chair left, and it was next to John. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I do not want to sit next to John Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, uh, but I, oh, oh, so there was two chairs left. One was way at the end of the table, and one was next to John. And uh, I sat down at the end of the table, and Belushi says to me, hey, you, get over here. And I sat down next to him, and, you know, that was it. We became instant friends, you know. And see, that's wonderful. I'm going to, we've got about one minute till break. When we get back, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, some personal, some difficult, some fun. Um, I'd like to thank you for being on the show with us. We'll be right back in about one minute to the show. Guys, today, March 4th, 
is National Hug AGI Day. And if you look at the Marines around me, boy, you want to hug them. So go hug a gorgeous Marine. It's also National Pound Cake Day, National Employee Appreciation Day, National Grammar Day, National Salesperson Day, and National Day of Unplugging. I'd appreciate if you didn't unplug. I'd like you to stay on with the show. But today's a whole lot of national days, and I think that... I mean, come on, guys. We need to find some, a better way to do this. Just, just FYI. We are going to be right back after the break. I'm Summer Helene. I am on. Uh, I am your host for Behind the Scenes. We are on with John Kester, who you all like better than me, and Stephen First, who it sounds like everyone likes better than everyone. We'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to expand the legacy that you leave behind? Get the inspiration you need by hearing from others who are doing just that. Listen for Your Why with host Nelina Varinas. The show features amazing guests who have saved lives, helped others, and brought forth hope to others around them. By hearing their stories, you can make some stories of your own. Your Why can be heard every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to behind the scenes with host summer helene to connect with the show today please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com now let's go back behind the scenes Hi guys, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, Summer Helene. I suppose if I'm going to wear it and keep getting called it, I'm going to own it. We've got a whole bunch going on today. I quickly want to give a shout out. I'm actually in Palm Springs, California right now. I came in, um, you, you all heard my hair disaster where that terrible hairdresser made me look like Elsa from Frozen. And then I had Dow at David Andrews Salon in Palm Springs save my hair. Now I drive out to Palm Springs to get my hair done. 
after that. He absolutely saved my hair. It is fantastic. If you ever have a hair disaster, go on over to Dow at David Andrew Salon. He owns my hair and won't let me wear it tied up anymore, but I appreciate it. Smashbox Makeup, thank you for not making me look like Cruella DeVille on the red carpet. Arrowhead Water, Auntie Annie's Pretzels, Panda Express Domino's Pizza, Nothing Bunt Cakes, and Facial Magic. Facial Magic because Cindy puts it on the list and it's one of her clients. You all know Cindy Honig, Pure PR. And Griggs Vacuums because you are my assistant's grandfather and she puts you on the damn list every week. And so, so I'm giving the shout out there. This was supposed to be a list of thank yous. One of the most important things in film is product placement. They're what pays your way. These are product partners for an upcoming show called Let's Dance USA. They are very, very supportive of filmmakers. So even if you are not in a studio and looking to make a film, they are great companies to talk to. And if you call in, we're going to have a trivia question. You can win tickets to upcoming concerts. You can win rides at off-road rentals in Palm Springs, California. And a quick shout out to Yes Madam Productions. Um, I think what you guys are doing is, fa is fantastic and I love to see girls getting it together and sticking it to the boys in Hollywood just a little bit. So welcome back to the show. We are on with Stephen First who is in Animal House. We're going to torment him a little bit, get some stories, ask some personal questions and then we're going to talk about what he is doing now. We are on with John Kessner who you all like but then you like me and of course I'm Summer Helene. Welcome back to the show guys. Thank you. I have to always give my shout-outs to the people that own my butt. So, mm. you know, or, or save my butt, or tape my butt, or staple my butt, or whatever they've done to my butt that week. I wanted we'll to, talk about uh, that on another show. Well, we'll talk about that on another show and exactly what it takes to get in what for a good season. With your butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, Stephen, I know um, tomorrow, like John was saying, is the 34th anniversary um, of Mr. Belushi's passing. What was it like for you? I, you and he became very close on Animal House, as rumor has it. Yes. Um, well, you know, it wasn't uh, totally unexpected. The last time uh, John called me about six months before he died, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. I answered the phone, and I, I said hello in my groggy, sleepy voice, and he said, it's Belushi. What would you call me for? I said, what? He goes, it's Belushi. You called me. I said, no, I didn't call you, John. He went, oh, crap. And he hung up the phone. That was the last time I talked to him. Oh. That's, you know, that's really hard. I'm seeing, and I hate to say it, I'm seeing a lot of that going on with a dear friend and mentor of mine, Ron Jeremy. You can watch the decline when people get involved in drugs. And unfortunately, in Hollywood, drugs is, is very, very prevalent. Um, did it, how, how did it affect you losing somebody like that? Somebody who was, I mean, really an like integral part of making your I career. Felt, I felt more sad for Judy Belushi. And, uh, you know, cause it, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't really unexpected. What was very weird is I had an audition as an actor, I think about two weeks or 10, 10 days, you know, after his death. In the bungalow, the auditions were in the bungalow where John died at the Chateau Marmont. In really? Wow. With Sergio Leone. And that, that's an interesting story anyway, because I, I go in for the audition, and, you know, there was a waiting area. And then I walk in, and it was the director's bedroom part of his cottage, or bungalow. 
And it was Sergio Leone, the famous uh, Italian director, and he's laying across the bed, and he has an interpreter. And I walk in, and as an actor, I'm focused on Sergio, the director, and his interpreter there. And I noticed there was somebody way off to the side, kind of behind me, just sitting in the chair. So I figured that was an assistant, so I didn't even make eye contact with them. So we talked uh, through the interpreter for about five or six minutes, and then he says, are you ready to read for the part? I said, yeah, yeah. And he says, you'll be reading with him. And, I w- and then I turned around to what I now thought was the audition reader. And the guy gets up and he extends his hand and he says, hi, I'm Bobby De Niro. Oh, my and, God. And I went, uh, that was my <laughs> response. You know, um, he was uh, reading. He was starring in the miniseries uh, Once Upon a Time in America. And um, uh, he, he was reading with the actors. And I, I was never told that he was going to be there. So uh, that was a shocker. And the fact that John was with De Niro that night, earlier in the night, yes. with him. And I was in the same bungalow that John died in. It was, that was a very surreal experience. Wow. I never heard that before. That's, a, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. If you could, yeah. as somebody that's worked with... Um, Worked with him. What what would you be? What would be the one thing you would want people to know or remember about him? Well, he was really, um, you know, he had the least amount of lines in Animal House than anybody. Really, he was basically a comic genius with his face and his physicality, and very, very giving actor. If you could do something funny, and even if it, you know, that he felt was helping the movie, he would be more than happy for you to do it, as opposed to some other stars where they don't want you to get the upper hand in the scene. And he was very giving and very generous and just very kind. Uh, Stephen, was it true that the last shot you guys shot together was in the garage where he's breaking bottles on his head trying to make you cheer you up? Yeah, and you that was the last laughing. shot, and, and you know, we knew each other very well by then. You know, we had shot an entire movie, and then... Um, I found John hysterical, you know, so um, what you see on screen is take 18. Either he would laugh or I would laugh. And if you look carefully, you can still see my mouth fighting a laugh, you know, on the screen. So, uh, but nobody's supposed to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and, um, uh, also, you're very good friends with Niedermeyer. Mark Metcalf, yeah, right? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, he, um, he uh, I don't know where he lives now. He was living in, like, Wisconsin, and he had a restaurant. He owned a restaurant, and I think he's out in the wilderness somewhere. I think he's in Montana, because he accepted my friend request on Facebook. I think he's in Montana or South Dakota or someplace now. Yeah, someplace where, you know, at least Jewish people shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've ever been there, there aren't a whole lot of any people there so yeah so he's off with the moose what was your greatest hollywood experience gosh you know one of my greatest hollywood experience was i my agent called me uh and i had done animal house and you know that was a huge hit and i had done some disney movies and and my agent called me and said um there's a small part on a show a medical show and uh would you would you do this part? And I said, well, you know, I'm not working. And it was like one scene. 
I said, I'm not working. I said, but I said, okay, I'll do it. It might be fun. She goes, no, they want you to read. And I went bananas. I said, what? You know, I started movies and they want me to read for one scene on a TV show. She goes, well, you know, it's a prestigious show and I think you should do it. So, you know, I, I swallowed my pride and I auditioned for it and I got the part. And, um, you know, by the time I got home, they had written another scene in. So it turned out to be a nice two-scene part in, in guest starring on the show. And then they called me back and did a, a, you know, another small part. And then they called me back a third time and it was like one of the lead guest stars. I said, well, maybe this will become a semi-regular or something. And on about the second day of doing the larger part, the boss came down, the creator and executive producer came down, who happened to be um, Gwyneth Paltrow's dad. His mm-hmm. name was Bruce oh. Paltrow. Uh-huh. And he asked me to sign a, a five-year contract to be a regular on the show. So that was my guess, my best Hollywood experience. You know, I got to be on a very prestigious multi-award-winning show, you know, for five years. What, what show is this? Oh, I'm sorry, I thought I mentioned it's Saint, Saint Elsewhere. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. Yeah, what so, was your worst Hollywood experience? Pardon? What was your, your worst? worst? My worst Hollywood story? Let me yeah. get rid of this car. Uh, my worst Hollywood story? Uh, my worst Hollywood stories are my days auditioning for commercials, you know? And, and at I what really point was that? It. was way early? It was early, but, you know, they were lucrative. So I would still do them, you know, and uh, it was just, I hated it because anybody could get the part and they, it was not based on talent at all. You know, it was just based on a look. And I remember one of the ones I had to do was I got a a thing for an amusement park and um, we can answer it. You can tell, sorry, I stole Stephen, we'll give him back. Eventually. That's all right. I, I, if it's I half or half, go ahead and get it. But yeah, otherwise, we were talking about that. No, so I, um, I had to do this new ride for Magic Mountain, which is a big amusement park out in Los Angeles, and um, you know that was it was a very scary ride, and so it it brings you all the way up, you know, like I don't know, twenty stories, and then it just drops you. So basically, they bring me up because they didn't want to waste film. There was not tape in those days. And they push you out over the edge before you drop. And then so they push me out over the edge, and then they cut down the machine so the safety bars unlock. (laughs) So you heard this whole machinery, like, shut down. And it's deadly quiet up there. I had to lift up the safety bars, lean out, cut on the camera, lean back, and then put the bars back on me, and then they would drop me. Oh. So that was a frightening experience to be a twenty-story high. Having it was a, a ride called Free Fall. But you—they you, were filming you. They were filming me. Yes. But they had um, no way they, of putting anyone up there with you, so that you have to. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, I, I had to operate the camera. I had to not operate the camera, but you know, turn uh, yeah. the camera on. Oh and, my God! The only way I could reach the camera is if they would shut down the ride so the bars would unlock so I could lean out to cut on the camera. And that was quite frightening, actually. No CGI you know, I've, for you. I've, I've, I've done some dumb shit, but hell no. And all, I'm, all that's going through my head is how much the insurance on that would have cost just for that shit. Oh, the, my the, God. 
The kicker was, you know, at the end, all the, the Magic Mountain executives were there, and I had two small kids that loved Magic Mountain. And I asked them, I said, uh, hey, is it possible you guys could give me a couple of free passes to take my kids here? You know, I'm, doing, I'm working with them all day. We're having lunch together and all that. They go, no, we're paying you. Oh, I yes. couldn't believe it. You know, I would have spent $100 probably on food. You know, and, and souvenirs. You know, I, I gotta and, say, places are funny like that. That's okay. You guys at Magic Mountain are dicks. Disney <laughs> may be evil after all. You know, D- Disney did the same thing. Uh, Dev Ross wrote Land Before Time, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin. She wrote on Aladdin. She wrote, I mean, she wrote and made a fortune for Disney. She can't even get free passes for Disney. There is something about amusement parks that just isn't right. Actually, Disney was very nice to me. <laughs> oh, so Disney's nice to you. <laughs> and then they let me go to their private club, which is called Club 33, which is right yep. by Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. And it's just a door that says 33 on it. You go yep. there, and it's wonderful. It's a, it's a gourmet buffet. I mean, really gourmet. And you, you're, when you sit down, they know you're coming because you have to have reservations from the studio exec. And um, they, have your, they have matches and, and napkins with your name on them. Oh, wow. You know, which wow. is very cool. All right, but guys, I, I, have to, I have to cut you. We have to cut to break. We'll be right, right back. We have 10 minutes to close, so we're going to find out what Stephen's doing now, what's going on, the grossest and funniest story in Hollywood, and we'll be right back with Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in every week for Sex Out Loud. Host Tristan Termino will discuss everything from sexual pleasure to sexual politics. Get an insider's perspective from leaders in the adult film industry, the LGBT community, and the sex-positive world. From kink to non-monogamy, nothing is off-limits. Plus, you can call in to join the conversation. Sex Out Loud airs every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, guys. Welcome back behind the scenes. I'm your host, 
summer Halloween. We are on with Stephen first. We are on with John Kessner, who you all like better than you like me. We have about eight minutes till close, so we're going to get through a whole bunch of stuff in a really short period of time. But the first thing we are going to do is to all of you guys writing in and asking questions. We can submit some of those questions. You want to win stuff, we'll go through what you can win. I need a trivia question. Stephen, it's your sh- it's, we're talking about you today. What is your question? I think a good question would be, what is the only ad-lib line that my character Flounder said in the movie Animal House? All right, guys. So whoever writes in first answers that question. You can win all sorts of stuff. Concert tickets, hotel rooms, ATV rides. We have a bunch of stuff to give away. So the first five people that write in and tell us what the only ad-libbed line that Flounder said in Animal House is wins. What, what is the only ad-libbed line, John? It was uh, during the Dexter Lake Club sequence when uh, the Deltas flee the club. Flounder said, I'll let Flounder say it. What was the line? Well, well it's funny because we're supposed to run out of the, 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 what we call the black bar. And um, John Landis says, you know, because you know, Tim Matheson is already in the car with the girl. He says, just ad-lib something, you know, hey, let's get out of here, you know, and, you know, we've got to get it go, we're in danger, or something like that. So the only thing that came to my mind was, you know, because it was back in the 60s, and the proper term for, I guess, people call African Americans or black people now, was mm-hmm. Negro. That was the polite, politically accepted term. So uh, I was trying to stick to the time period, and I, I just ran out to the car, and I said, the Negroes stole our dates. Oh, I love it. All right, guys, first of all, that, that, that is a very, very well-known line. I love it. Uh, what, are you, what are you working on now? Well, you know, I um, stopped acting maybe about 15 years ago, and I started a production company, and we've been doing very well. We did a movie called My Sister's Keeper a few years back with mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz and Alec Baldwin, and we have a movie coming out um, called Cold Moon, which is an adaptation of a book, and um, it's written by the guy who wrote two movies um, that I think people know. One is Beetlejuice, and the other one is Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, and right. he wrote Cold Moon, and we're doing that. I'm working on a uh, untitled, well, it is titled, but I can't say the name of it. It's a Rod Serling series, an original <laughs> Rod Serling series. Um, Rod Serling is the guy who wrote Twilight Zone. Yeah. And Night Gallery. And, and, and Night Gallery. And we're working on a, a reboot of one of those shows. And oh. um, with Joe Straczynski, who wrote Thor and World War Z, and he created Babylon 5 and, and the you show called Sensate. Pardon? You were in Babylon 5. Yes, I was. And I also directed several episodes. That's amazing. So I'm a I mean, director and a producer, and I'm partners with my son. You, you are so. certainly multi-talented. Um, and the phone is ringing off the hook. It is. I, it's I very know. Let me get one. one thing I will say, I always warn our audience, don't be a jack of all trades. This is the case. I said when, when there are a few cases that it's not a bad thing to be a jack of all trades, this is one of those cases. What, now, I'm going to ask you, do you have, what is your weirdest fan moment? Like, what is the weirdest moment you've had with a fan? And, and leave me out. Not, not and, yeah, yeah. Not you know, I, I've had a couple of weird, weird moments. You know, being on a sci-fi show like Babylon 5, it, is that's 
in itself very strange. I got into the sci-fi convention circuit, and, you know, people would come up to me, and, you know, they do this kind of act or something, and they say, guess who I am? And I go, who? And they said, I'm you. I'm doing you. You know, that was weird. And then um, the other thing was I... um, you know, at one time, I, I went into uh, kidney failure uh, about eight years ago, and I needed a kidney. And um, what happened was I was doing a convention, and uh, at the time I was on dialysis. I've had a transplant sent from somebody who really liked Babylon 5, actually. Um, they contacted me, and they said, hey, I'll give you my kidney because you made me laugh and entertain me. And that's an incredible story, too. That's a great story. That, that is amazing. A total stranger just gave me his kidney because he liked my acting. And um, so wow. I was in the elevator. You know, when you do a sci-fi convention, you're assigned kind of like a liaison who's basically just a fan that gets that volunteer job to take one of the actors around and make sure they get places. And we're in the elevator and we're going up. And there's other people in the elevator not associated with the convention. And she says, oh, I, I hear you're on dialysis, which I don't know how she knew that. Um, I guess somebody told her. And I said, yeah, I am. So she says, oh, so you've got about seven years to live then. <laughs> because that was the average lifespan on somebody on dialysis, about seven oh, wow. years. Yeah. So she says this. And that, I mean, that, that was a pretty weird surreal experience that somebody says that in front of other people. You yeah. have about seven years to live. So, uh, you better have a step. But that's true. I mean, somebody neck. on dialysis, they're usually yeah. very old and they only have about seven years to live. And, uh, but I got a, a living donor transplant, which is good for about 22 years. Oh. Thank God. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So really acting gave you an amazing life and then saved your life. <laughs> Yeah, it gave me a second chance at life, yeah. That's amazing. We have about two minutes to close. Um, I want to thank you for being on the show. That is absolutely wonderful. To the audience out there, this is the living, you know, this, this is the living legend. Add your, you know, add your headshot, add your resume to that pizza box. <laughs> you, could, you could get discovered. That is amazing. That is, you need, you really need to do your own story. I'd, I'd pay to see that. Hell, I'll pay to produce that. I like that. <laughs> well, well thank you so much, Stephen, for being here. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it was a pleasure, know. and it was a lot of fun meeting you guys, and uh, wish you luck. All right, if, if we have any cool fan questions, we'll, we'll send them over to you, and we'd love to have you on the show again. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you for joining you. us. Anytime. Guys, thank you so much. If you wanna, if you wanna win some stuff, write in. Go to Facebook. Go to, go to go to Facebook. You can go to Summer Helene. You can go to Behind the Scenes. You can go to John Kessner, who has requested the next time you girls send naked pictures to one of our male guests, please send them to John, not me. Yes, I'm yeah, John, over John that wants part of those. the operation. John, John is going to take over that part of the operation. He wants the naked pictures. Don't put them on my Facebook. Been holding out on me. I didn't know about that. <laughs> Jump on Behind the Scenes on Facebook. Jump on Summer Helene. Tell us what you thought of the show. Answer the question, what was your only ad-lib line that Flounder had? And you can win all kinds of stuff. If you want to get famous, you've got to work at it. 
in a thousand different ways, but apparently one of the ways is to put your face on a pizza box. I'm so impressed by that. I have to admit that. Yeah, it's just such an awesome story. <laughs> it's, 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 there's so much ingenuity there. I love it. And Thank I delivered for- to so many famous people, too. You know, it was amazing. See, can can a, you say any who? Can, oh, any yeah. Who? I mean, I, well, A&M Studios was uh, on my route. And so I delivered to the Carpenters and James Taylor and Carol King and Kiss and awesome. people Amazing. like that. I, I delivered to Wonder Woman. Oh. oh we've got to go. Guys, thank you for joining us on Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. I'm your host, Summer Helene. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.